I have been doing a podcast for nine years now. Nine years. I must admit, I haven't vigorously promoted it like I have our albums and tours and music videos, but I've been doing this podcast bi-weekly consistently for the past nine years. Every two weeks, if you subscribe, and you can subscribe for free, you get hit with a new episode, and it's usually informal chats with people I know in bands, comedy, acting, or what have you. When COVID hit back in March, I decided to go weekly, and it's been a good distraction that keeps me constantly busy. One of the reasons for starting this thing was nine years ago, I noticed I was getting to be very unsocial and hermit-like. The podcast was a way to connect or reconnect with people I knew or wanted to know. It forced me out there and gave me a chance to become social again. Touring seems like a social job, and it can be, but it can also be, and very quickly be, very insular and isolating. Chasing podcast episodes put me in situations that were not always that comfortable, but the payoff was always well worth it. One of those moments was episode 49 from 2013 when I spoke to Lydia Chris, the ex-wife of Peter Chris, and author of Sealed with a Kiss, her memoir from her time in the Kiss Camp with 1,500 rare previously unpublished photos now in its second printing, and now, most recently, in ebook form too. She's the inspiration for the song Beth, and this was a wonderful inside view about the song. Meeting Lydia on a day off on tour back in 2013 was one of the best moments I've had doing this band, and I have to re-up it for you here. I even documented this chat in my Huffington Post column, and that eventually made it into my book, I've Got Something to Say, printed in 2018, when the one and only Fiona Smith herself illustrated that article. I'm going to leave the episode with the original introduction and play the whole original episode for you here in its entirety. I'll be re-upping old episodes like this one and last week's episode with Henry Rollins for a few more weeks while I take some time away from the podcast, but I'll be back very soon to lay out some fresh episodes that I'm already excited for everyone to check out. In the meantime, please enjoy this chat I had with the one and only, the legend herself, Lydia Chris. The Take Your Toes podcast is the best around They play the kiddies, take your screw up, tell them for free I'm so glad I like to sometimes Tell me you're from fucked up, stop playing Hang down, down From my years of touring I've noticed that touring means a lot of things To different people For some, mainly novice bands Touring is a chance to let loose and run wild Relinquished from the confines Of home life, where they partake In every possible indulgence Offered to them Now, if they're able to stick around long enough in the rock and roll game, touring life becomes normal life, and all the perks eventually lose their sheen. When you become a lifer in this rock and roll game, and hotel room after hotel room becomes more familiar to you than your own room back home, your priorities start to change. You start to yearn for some semblance of serenity and stillness. During a long tour, days off become a chance to be pleasantly immobile, If what I need to do on a day off isn't located within a one-mile radius of the hotel, I usually take a pass and continue my impression of a beached whale on the hotel bed. Of course, when you have a day off in New York City, most of those rules are largely chucked out the window. Most of our guys use it to catch a sporting event, shop, eat at a nice place, and there's always someone in New York City who you run into who you know and want to hang out with. 
But on a recent day off there, I spent it doing interviews. I had a press day from morning till early afternoon. When I was finally able to catch my breath, I realized the one thing I had been eagerly and nervously anticipating was only a few hours away. I was going to meet and talk to Lydia Chris. Lydia Chris, for those who don't know, is the ex-wife of the cat man, Peter Chris, original drummer of the rock group KISS. She was there from the ground up, from the dingy clubs to the stadium tours. You remember that song Beth from the Destroyer album by KISS? Well, Lydia is Beth, the inspiration, the muse of one of the greatest rock ballads ever put on tape. Recently, Lydia put out a book of her own called Sealed with a Kiss. It's an impressive tome jam-packed with exclusive, never-before-seen photos of Kiss when they were just starting out. And with all the recent flurry of Kiss literature, Sealed with a Kiss is probably the best one you can buy. I recommend it as a Kiss fan to other Kiss fans and to even peripheral rock fanatics as well. It was recommended to me by a Kiss fan, Marty Friedman. We talked about it together on this podcast on an earlier episode. Go to Lydia's website, lydiachris.com, L-Y-D-I-A-C-R-I-S-S.com to order it. It's not available in stores, which I find baffling since there are so many lesser books about the band and about other bands that take up shelf space in these bookstores. But as a KISS fan, this makes it even that much cooler to own. If you regularly listen to this podcast, then you know that A, I'm a big KISS fan, so understand the gravity of meeting Lydia for me here. And B, this podcast has moonlighted as a KISS podcast when I've brought on guests to exclusively talk about the band, whether it's Cassius Morris of the Creatures of the Net podcast, uber KISS fans like Jonathan Fenno, who also is uh, the, the star child in the Destroyer cover band, or Marty Friedman of Megadeth and Cacophony fame to talk about our favorite band, KISS. This episode, however, takes it up a notch because here's a person who was part of the inner circle of KISS when it truly mattered. She was at the legendary Coventry show. She was part of the staged audience when Bill Ockhoin showed up to the KISS showcase. She was the quote-unquote party in the background when Gene answered Peter's ad to see if he's interested in joining the band. And now, with Bill Ockhoin, Sean Delaney, and Neil Bogart all having passed away in recent years, Lydia is the only remaining person outside of the four original members who can give true insight into into those years. It's a triumph to have her on the podcast, an honor. I was so nervous before this taping, but Lydia is quite charming and amicable. My nerves were put to rest about 10 minutes in. Whether you count yourself a KISS fan or, or not, seriously, this is, this is cool. So, thanks to Blue Mic Microphones for the Yeti Mics. Thanks to Skull Candy Headphones for the Mixmaster Mic Headphones. And also a special thanks to Joop Van Pelt, President of the Dutch KISS Army, who is instrumental in getting this podcast together behind the scenes. And thank you for listening and leaving comments on the various iTunes store. 
Uh, we upload every episode on soundcloud.com slash Danko Jones now. And thanks for those comments there as well. I'm surprised they're all positive as the internet is a bastion for criticizing and criticism. So I'm very flattered and happy you guys are digging the episodes. Okay, let's get to this one. Lydia Chris is on the podcast and it starts now. Well, here we are, somewhere in Manhattan. I'm not very good with directions, but we're here. Um, in Times Square. Times Square, yes. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, I'm very nervous. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, we were supposed to meet at 8 p.m. I got there at 7.50, and it was an excruciating se- uh, 10, 15 yeah. minutes waiting <laughs> for you. Uh, you said you were going to kind of walk over here, so I kept every single person that I could see in the distance. I thought it was you, and then I just... So I was going out of my mind, and then finally you pulled up in a cab, yeah. and here you are. Yeah. Lydia Chris is uh, this podcast's guest, guest, and uh, I'm very excited and very, very ner- a little nervous, a little nervous uh, to to uh, to sit down and talk to you. We've been planning this podcast for months, yeah, and yeah. it's amazing that you yeah. were actually in front of me. I was all willing to do it by Skype, and uh, three weeks ago we've been on this like marathon tour. And I think I was in Idaho, and I got your email. Yeah, because I, I, I keep my emails, like, on my desktop. You know, like, I keep the ones that I didn't really finish, you know, like, when I'm not done dealing with it. Right. I'll keep it there. And I, I was scrolling down. I'm going, hey, wait a minute. Let me uh, let me check with Danko, see what, you know, what he's up to. And then when it came through, came through, I got the email after a show at the end of the night, and all the bands were hanging out. And when I got your email... <laughs> I jumped up, and, I, and uh, we're on tour with Volbeat, and uh, John, the drummer, is a huge Kiss fan, huge mm-hmm. Peter Chris, Peter Chris fan, fan. Yeah. and uh, he's even got a bobblehead on his kit, and so I, I did a beeline to their to their dressing room, like, do you know, just email me just now, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so it's been really cool, and then... Where is the band, the rest of the band? Uh, the guys are, it's our day off today. Oh. So <clears throat> they're, I was doing press all day. They were out scouting the city. Everybody's everybody's everywhere. Mm. Um, and then I think Volbeat are somewhere in Jersey. That's what I heard. Oh. Just hanging out in Jersey somewhere. But I could be wrong. Maybe some of them came Where are in. you from? We're from Toronto. Our oh. whole band's from Toronto. Yeah, oh, okay. our drummer's from Great L.A. City. Yeah, we're Yeah, yeah, there's mm. a lot of kiss connections there I can yeah. make, too. Yeah. Um, and this is it. This is this is one of the reasons why I have you here is because um, a few years ago, what is it, six, seven years now, you wrote a book. Six and a half, yeah. Uh, called Sealed with a Kiss. And mm-hmm. it's a photo book. It's a five-pound hardcover. This is... Uh, Full it, color. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you consider yourself a, like a rock and roll kind of fan, this is a nice coffee table book. But if you're a Kiss fan, this is like the ultimate... You need to have this. All my friends have told me I have to have this. And to get it from you personally, I've waited. I've been waiting in between printings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got it. And uh, I, I know what's in it. I've, I've, I've held a, a, a not someone else's copy, oh, okay. so I know what's in it. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, quite impressive. Um, now we're in the second printing. Yeah. And what made you what made you do it all over again? Obviously you were sold out. Well, I sold out and a lot of people still wanted it. And I knew at the beginning when I first 
printed the book, I, did, I wasn't on Facebook. And a lot of people come to me, and they, when I finally got on Facebook, they said, we didn't even know you had a book. I mean, I had a book out, and one of the biggest KISS fans in the city, um, he says, I'm one of the biggest KISS collectors of, of, of KISS vinyl, but also regular vinyl. He mm -hmm. says, and he says, and I didn't even know you. I ran into a friend in Brooklyn, and he told me you had a book out. He said, and he says, and I know you personally, because he's been to my apartment, you know. Yeah. So he, I, I said, a lot of people just don't know. I didn't get the right publicity when it first came out. And um, so I figured that many people still want it. I saw them selling it on eBay for astronomical prices. I saw it too. And, yeah. I, and I have to admit, I tried finding it in between printings on eBay, and it was just... It was crazy. It was 250 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest with you, when we set up this meeting, I thought it was 200 bucks. <laughs> like, I thought it was 200 bucks. No, um, no. For some reason, I thought it was because... Now, this is interesting. Um, what came first, the Kistry books from the band or Sealed with a Kiss? No, Kistry. Kistry okay. came first, yeah. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people said I copied them, but I had already started working on my book. I believe it was, well, Kistry came out, I think, 95. But you know what it is? I have Kistry. I mean, I have a lot of photos in it. And I started reading it, and it got me upset because it's not accurate. And... I just said, I have to do the most accurate book that there is. And I, that's what I feel my book is. It's, it's really accurate. There's no lies. There's no exaggerations. Um, but um, history did come out. I thought it was 95. And mine came, I started working on my book in 97. Right. I, I, I didn't, it didn't come out in 97. It, it, my publisher went bankrupt. Um, we put it aside for a while, then I finally got all my stuff back, and then I, I had to generate some money to print it because it's an expensive book to, to make. And um, I, I did that. I sold a lot. I had an auction. I sold a lot of my KISS stuff to, to make the book. And the fans, you know, certain fans just wouldn't let me, they wouldn't let me not do a book. Right. So, I mean, I was working a full-time job. My father had cancer, and I still... I'd come home every night, and I, I'd stay to work. I'd, I'd stay at work until about midnight, and correct everything on the on the computer because I didn't have a computer at home. And um, wow. Well, now I have a, a I have two apples actually. I have three apples actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I um, I used to do it by hand. I used to write by hand and go to work. And t after work, I would stay and type everything in, and then I would come home on the train and do all the proofreading. And then I would start all over. I'd go and start more. I'd start writing more. Then I'd come back to work the next day and do the proofreading. That was the that was hard to do, and that took me about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I handed over my manuscript about 1999. It was in May, May 1st, 1999, and it we never did anything with it. And so then then I got it back, and that's when I you know uh, I I started working on this. Actually, I started in 2005. And I think it took, when I actually picked, it took me about a year to find people. It took me about a year to raise the money. It took me about a year to find people and deal with lawyers and all that stuff. And then it, um, 
I, I started in 2005 and I finished almost to the day 2006. A lot of people accused me of copying history. They said, oh, it's like history. And then I, but I said, uh-uh, because kiss, everything that's in history, you've seen already. My book, you have it. Here's the thing is you mentioned that there's a lot of your photos in the first history. Yeah. Uh, now, are there photos, They did they contact you for th- some of these photos or had you already given them these photos uh, years ago? Well, I had given Gene photos years ago, but he's still not allowed to use them without my permission. Um, but he did contact me and I was working at a photo agency at the time and he also contacted other fellow photographers and everyone says, you know, well, we want X amount of money per photo, which, you know, around two fifty, three hundred dollars $300 a photo is average. Yeah. And um, Gene says, I'm not doing that. Um, he says, what I will do is I'm going to give everybody $500. You tell me how many photos I can use. All right, there was one guy that said one. Another right. guy said two. I said, use anything you want that's right. already been in print. And my the back of Kistry is a collage. Those are all my photos. Wow. And the last couple of pages, I think the last two pages, is a, is a full collage. And But he did use one photo that was never in print, and um, I got upset about that one, and he used it almost a full page. Would you, did you did you take him to task? He on paid that? for it. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, that's good. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Gene's Gene's Gene. Gene don't give you a hard time, but you give right. him one back, and you, you know, right. he, he 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 is not a stupid guy. You know, he's oh, sensible. Yeah. So right. Now I notice when you take a look at the sealed with a kiss book, um, obviously the most obvious thing is the logo. Now was you know you having such ties historically with the band. Why can't you use the logo? Because you have to pay Gene if you if you use the logo. I now, know, but I've you asked guys, Gene, you were there, you know. Well, I mean, I know, I know. Um, you were you were at the Coventry. I mean, you sure. were, you oh, know. I, you, I was married to Peter way before Kiss. I was married yeah. in 1970, and I was with him since '66. So it's like I was already with him, I guess, like '66 to seven, six years before Kiss even met. Right. And. Um, you know that I—I I mean, I—I I did a lot for Kiss in the early days. I—I—I I, I went around putting posters up all over the city mm-hmm. on on um, lampposts and tree trunks, and you know, me and my girlfriend would go out with a hammer and some nails, and we'd we'd uh, advertise their their concerts, and and um, you know, it's like we we um, we really were like you know we were rooting for them all the way. I mean, there's so 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 many questions I have to ask about about some of those early days, like. Um, I mean, you were there from ground zero, like um, when they were trying to woo Bill Ockhoin with, you know, all these girls freaking out and all these people freaking out. You were one of the stooges, uh, just the plants, I mean, who were there to like kind of woo yeah. this, this manager well, it guy. Was actually, actually, I was there and some of my friends, but Peter's sisters. Right. Were really the one, and and their he's best a big friend. family. He's a big. You're right. Well, he has. A, he, there's five in his family, just like me. Right. I have four brothers okay. and and me, and then he has this three and two, three girls and two boys. And you were so. part of that, like little, because I've we've all read the stories about how Bill Ockhoin was was impressed by you know people. Oh yeah, crazy. he was impressed by. But everybody. it was all a yeah. plant, like it yeah. was all a a, a, a There's a picture of them in my book. Right. Yeah. There's a picture oh, of, the, of the girls in the front, and, and they were all like going nuts, and they were all wearing Kiss T-shirts. You know, we used to make our own T-shirts in those days, and. Uh, and didn't you make some of the early costumes? I I didn't make a co- I made what I made was some of Peter's clothes, 
Uh, my mother would make him a jacket. I'd make him the pants. His mother would make him the shirt. Um, I'd make him, I made him the Kiss shirt, you know, with the Kiss logo. I made Gene one. Um, Ace made his own stuff, and his mother helped him also. Right. I think that's mentioned in his And I think Paul book. made his own Kiss T-shirt. But, you know, I would make them for my friends to wear. I would make glitter stuff. I would make, like, not just glitter, but, like, la- lame, they call it, I think, or lurex. It's, like, that real shiny material. I'd make outfits for myself with the Kiss logo across it, you know. Okay. And I had, um, actually, I still have it. I'm having an auction um, at the end of this year. Uh, I made a Kiss jacket, a dungaree jacket with all rhinestones, and it's in the book also. And um, that I made. That took me a long time. I would make it, add a little bit to it, wear it, add a little bit to it, wear it. You know, and that was, um, you know, also my uh, one of my um, ways of promoting them. Have you have you gotten any positive response from Gene and Paul about the book? I got uh, all right. Paul bought the book. Uh, I'm sure Gene got it somehow, but I did get Tommy Thayer bought the book, and Tommy Thayer and he now he's the one that did history. He was in charge of history. Oh, he okay. Did, he's the one that was that, a project manager yeah. type guy. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, he 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 emailed me and said you did a wonderful job with the book. That's you know, I mean, a it's, high compliment. Considering. I know, I know. I took it as a high compliment. And uh, uh, Paul bought a book, but what did he think of the book? Do you have you heard? I never heard, but they don't. They won't let me put my book in their Kiss Coffee House right. or their uh, Monster Mini Golf, even though the girl that owns Monster Mini Golf wants it there. But they stopped it. I think it might have to do with uh, the Nazi photos. Oh, I see. I you see. know, and okay. if that was the case, I would have taken them out in the second printing. But I didn't know. You know, I didn't think of it, and I didn't think that they had a problem until just recently. Okay. Now, for anyone listening, uh, the Nazi photos, uh, if uh, that could be very incriminating yeah. sounding, um, but you just got to get the book to yeah. see what those those yeah. pictures are. That's yeah. that's how we'll leave it at that. But, yeah. um, I mean, I was only the photographer. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't mean, do anything. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, you know, I think it, the, those kinds of photos, uh, you know, I, I, the thing I love about KISS, and I've said this on record so many times, is because they've been around now for four decades, and they've gone through so many eras and so many phases, as much as we all love what they do, they've had a lot of, as many successes, they've also had uh, a few failures, too, which mm-hmm. has made... It, which endears them to me. Now let's just get away for Kiss for a while. When when did you start becoming the rock photographer that you became? The you know out on your own, nothing okay. to do with Kiss, and doing being a professional rock photographer. Okay. When when my all right my 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 mother was always with a camera. So when I was sixteen, my girlfriend gave me an Instamatic camera, which is like a $20 camera. You know, my best friend, that was, you know, we were 16 years old, so she gave it to me for my birthday. And um, some of the photos in that book are taken with the Instamatic. Okay. So my, and my uncle was a professional photographer. He actually built his own camera, and it was in a photo magazine and everything. Oh, okay. So I always had people taking pictures around me. So that was the reason why I always had a camera with me, even though I wasn't a professional photographer, especially in the early days. I didn't become a professional photographer until um, 
Peter and I were divorced. I mean, I, I actually knew we were getting divorced, and I started taking classes at the new school in, in, in the village. Now, is this a reason because, you know, you, you kind of felt that you were going to start a new life? Well, we, I also had, I, I, that was one of the reasons, but I also, you know, after going to Japan, we got really good cameras. And when you get a Nikon, you know, you want to know how to use it. And um, That's the place. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, um, I got the camera. Actually, Peter said to me one Christmas, he says to me, go out and buy a fur coat. And I said, I don't want a fur coat. And he says, oh, go ahead, you know, spend $3,000 on a fur coat. Instead, I go spend 500 on a camera, you know, but that, that's what I wanted. Right. And so I got the camera and I got some lenses and uh, I took the class and I didn't do much. I mean, I, I, I've always loved photographing. I mean, I, you know, Queen was one of my favorite bands to photograph because they had great lighting. And, uh, of course, Kiss is great to photograph, but I didn't get to do it that often because I was always on stage. I wasn't allowed to be off stage because it was too dangerous. That's what I was. Peter wouldn't let me be in the the, the photo pit because the, because of the fireworks. Okay, but nobody ever got hurt. No, no. But you know that's that was Peter's. You know, protecting, yeah. protective, right? Yeah. And so anyway, I uh, but I really, really got I got an agent, and that's what really started me. And that was about I guess a year and a half after I was divorced. I was at a, a KISS function, believe it or not, at Studio 54 in the daytime. They were doing um, a, something via satellite. I, was that one of their songs? I. Oh, off Elder? Yeah, I guess. I don't really know. That was, yeah, Studio 54. The, yeah, you, yeah, there's And I was there in the daytime, and I had brought, for some reason, I don't know why, I brought my Rod Stewart photos with me. Somebody saw me backstage and said to me, you know, one of, I think Steven Tyler's wife saw me backstage and goes, Lydia, what are you doing here? And Paul Stanley, you know, the little wise guy that he always is. Oh, she come to meet the new drummer. <laughs> but, I mean, Eric Hart was a sweetheart, but right. uh, no, there was nothing there. But, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I was there, and then I was also at the party that night, but I saw Bob Gruen, and I said to Bob, Bob, I have these photos of Rod Stewart that came out great. Like, what could I do with them? You know, and he says... Ginny's here. You're, you know, you know Ginny. And I said, no, I don't know Ginny. He goes, Ginny, you know Ginny. I'll reintroduce you to her. She was just starting a photo agency, and it was perfect timing. Right. And then, you know, I wind up being very good friends with her. I mean, she's passed away since. Actually, she never saw my book. She never did. She passed away a month before it came out. Oh. But um, we became friends. I mean, I, I had a lot of hats in that company. I was a photographer. I was a friend, and I was also her bookkeeper. Um, now, uh, people should know, I mean, you've, you've had, what, what are some of the, uh, magazines where your, your photos were printed in? Oh, well, I've had, I've had, Everything. I've had photos on Conan O'Brien. I've had photos, um, uh, in, in calendars, in Rod Stewart book. Um, my first one was in, uh, High Times. It was a picture of you two when they, when they were very young, it was, Back in 1981, when they first came here, they okay. played, um, I think, on St. Patrick's Day uh, in, at the Ritz. Um, God, there's so many, it's so hard to remember. Of course. Uh, you know, there's, I didn't, I don't really think Circus and Cream were the magazines at the time that I, it was more, I was more like in books, mostly, you know, like, um, I've got a few Rod Stewart books at home that I'm in, and I've got, um, actually, I've got a CD cover, Rod Stewart's. Which one? Um, 
I don't know the name of it. This is terrible. Oh, I also have the back of an album cover from a band. That was one of my first, first photos. Those were friends of mine that I, you know, that were actually the, the management was friends of mine. So mm -hmm. I took photos for them. And um, it's a band called Sterling, but they never really made it. But um, that, that was my first album thing. And, but mm -hmm. then I had the CD. Where, I forgot what the name of the Rod Stewart one is. And it's funny because I have the cover. <laughs> But it's it's not it's not an album. It's a CD. It's what right. You know. Right. Um, uh, now, are you are you active in photography now? Like, no. 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 Uh, the only photography I like to take now is if I go traveling. I love to take pictures of scenery, and you know, I love Europe. Right. So I love, and you know, like if I if I'm in a different country or a different state, even I love to take pictures. And I have a new cat that I. Um, I adopted from my girl. My girlfriend passed away, so I took one of her cats, and um, and I love taking pictures of her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, considering you know Peter was a cat man, it's oh I know. Yeah, well, we, had, we had we had we had Matus. We had Matus. This one is a different color, but she's very you know she looks like like Matus because she's very hairy. Mm -hmm. You know, the long haired cat. And I said, we have a long-haired family, you know. It's like right. Peter, the cat, and me, you know. That was the, you know. Right. But uh, this one is like a, a reddish, uh, tannish red. And, okay. uh And she's, uh, you know, she was very shy at the beginning, but she's come a long way. She, I've had her about six months now. Okay. Um, you've you've let, let us back in with the cats, back into Kiss. And, um, you know, everybody knows that Peter's biggest song he ever sang on was Beth. And uh, really... Could you could you explain the whole? I mean, I know I know the story, but I mean, could you explain yeah. the whole story okay. behind the song Beth. Beth? Okay, all right. Beth was written for a girl named Beck. Her name was Rebecca, and her last name was Brand. And her husband Michael Brand was the guitar player in Peter's band Chelsea. Right. And she was a little. They were newly married, so they. She was a little bit possessive and like Mike when are you coming home Mike you know what she'd always call the studio which I would never do and um, she would you know she was a teacher and she you know she was a smart girl but she was in, a little insecure like you know when are you, you know, getting here so Peter and Stan Penridge wrote the song Beck Beck I hear you calling but I ain't coming home tonight me and the boys are playing and you know we can't find the sound but I'm not you know it's like it wasn't a nice song it was a mean song right Bob Ezrin turned it into a nice song. Okay, um, th they didn't want it called Beck because of Jeff Beck. Right. And I'll never get the credit for it, but I named it Beth because Neil Bogard was his wife's name was Beth, and she was a twin, and Beck was a twin. So I said that you know it's kind of like a you know co uh, little coincidence there. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Beck was a twin, and Neil Bogard's wife Beth was a twin okay and um i actually was i actually did it in a little mean way for neil because he was getting divorced from her and, and kiss wasn't getting along with neil at one point they would they had a lawsuit going and um i said well why don't you just you know like put the knife in and twist it you know call it beth you know so and neil had never liked the name of the song never Never liked it. But uh, then they got to be friends again. You know, they, they settled whatever the differences they had. I think it was something to do with, of course, money. <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, then when they did the song, okay, we had moved to Manhattan at the time. And um, they were working on Destroyer. And 
I was just newly in Manhattan, so I was still looking for furniture, you know, because I came from a little apartment in Brooklyn, and I was still shopping and decorating and stuff, and, you know, Peter says, yeah, don't, you know, because I used to always go to the studio. I loved the studio, and um, he said, don't come down, you know, we're doing something, and I want you to come down when we're finished, and I said, okay. So when they were finished, they, they called me down. I went to the studio. They sat me on a chair on a high stool with headphones, and... I'm not sure if all four of them were there, but at least three. I don't think Ace was there. I'm not sure. But I think Gene and Paul were there, Bob Ezrin and Peter. And um, they, they, you know, they, they, they made me listen to the song. And they right. said, well, what do you think of it? You know, because I knew what it sounded like before. And I said, I, as the tears are rolling down my face, I said it should have been called Lydia. And, you know, then, you know, they all started laughing. And, you know, cause they didn't want, um, first of all, Lydia's too many syllables. Right. And uh, they also didn't want people to know Peter was married at the time. And I don't know if that would have made a difference. But they, but they let me accept the People's Choice Award for it. You know, we were sitting at a table in Detroit one day. It was me, Peter, Gene, and Bill Coyne. Oh, no, Bill Coyne walked over and said, oh, by the way, it was me, Peter, and Gene. And he said, by the way, you're, you're, winning, you're, you're going to win the People's Choice Award. And I said, well, how do you know that? It's an award show. They said, this is the only award show that they tell you beforehand because they want everybody to show up. Right. They don't want people like, you know, well, I ain't going to win. I'll send somebody there just in case to accept the award for me. Unfortunately, I was the only unprofessional person there. I was, you know, the only one that wasn't the real person that won the award. Right. And because Kiss was already booked, they, Gene goes, what are we going to do? We're booked in Fargo, North Dakota. And what are we going to, you know, how are we going to, you know, we can't be sitting in the audience with our makeup on. It will look ridiculous. And so I just said, I'll accept it. And Gene right away said, okay. And I said, Almost as a what? joke? You, I you, said it as a joke. Right. Yeah. And Gene says, what? I mean, I said, what, to Gene? And Gene goes, yeah, you could accept it. I lost 10 pounds in 10 days. I was a nervous wreck. I had to do it in 10 days. Right. So I had 10 days to get ready, buy a dress, you know, figure out what to do with my hair, my nails, my my <laughs> yeah. shoes, everything. You're I had going to, you to the know. ball, right? Yeah. So I would, I, I would, I wouldn't eat. I was like, I'd eat maybe an egg the whole day. I was like a nervous wow. wreck. I couldn't eat. Even, even one of the guys from a coin said to me, Alan Miller. He said, you know, he was like one of the higher up. Oh, I think he was. I think he had something to do with. St he was managing stars or something. Not managing. Bill managed them, but he took care of stars. Right. And uh, he says he saw me in the office one day, and I guess it must have been written on my face. He looked at me and he goes, "Stage fright." <laughs> <laughs> right. And I says, "Oh, you better believe it." <laughs> but now, when when the song came out, and you know, like you said, uh, your marriage to Peter wasn't made public. At least within the Kiss camp, when. They put it on the record, and Beth was out and released. Everybody knew it was about you, right? Everybody in the camp. Everybody in the oh, camp. Yeah. It oh, was yeah. understood yeah. between... Yeah, because Peter Peter would come out and sing the song, and he would bat, every time I'd be at the shows, he would I'd be at the soundboard, and he would come and he'd bow to me, and then go on stage and sing the song. Wow. That's yeah. heavy. Yeah. So you are Beth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 Beth. I, you know, I... I I'll, I, it's not my name, but it doesn't matter. L I know. Lydia has three s syllables that yeah. you can't, you can't fit that in. I know, I know. Beth, I hear you calling. Yeah. So that, that I mean, that's a that's a story that I think you know everybody should know. Yeah. You know because a lot of because it's a different name. I think. Yeah. You know, people yeah. uh, people don't know. Well, there's a the, picture of me accepting the award in the book. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. And how did that? Actually, go? Actually, you could see it on YouTube. 
Oh, really? You see me accepting the award on YouTube, yeah. So how did it go for you? Now, after, after you know, the, the 10 days of starving? Well, and- I, went, I went out to California. Um, I stayed at a beautiful hotel, the Beverly Wilshire. They rented me. They paid for my outfit. They had a guy come over and do my makeup and hair. They, um, they, they rented me a, a, a black convertible Mercedes. Oh. A 450 SL that only had three miles on it. So this car was brand new. Right. And um, I, I was in what they was, you know, each room has a different name. This was the Jimmy Stewart suite. It was a duplex. I mean, it was gorgeous. They had, they gave me a bottle of champagne. Um, they watched me. And after I did it, you know, I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I, you know, because first of all, I, I, wear, I don't have them on now because I, I hardly wear them anymore, but I used to wear contact lenses. And I didn't want to put them on because I was afraid I was going to frown. And so I left them out and I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see like, you know, the monitors, the, right. the, the you know, t- to tell me when to do what I had to do. <laughs> Luckily, uh, they didn't tell me, there's no rehearsal for the show. They didn't tell me when to go up, when not to go up. I knew I was going up, but I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I've, I had Henry Winkler sitting across from me, the Farrah and, and Charlie's Angels right in front of me. I mean, every single person. Those were huge stars at that time. Yeah. That's Fonzie, and yeah. she was... And and, and uh, the other one, the one that's famous now, the... the um, what's his name? The one that was on Opie. Opie and oh, um, uh, Rich, Richie Cunningham, uh, Ron Ron Howard, Ron Howard, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, Angie Dickinson. I mean, they were all oh, John Wayne, <laughs> <laughs> Red Red uh, Fox. Um, I mean, Sylvester Stallone was there. I mean, right. it was it was just one after another. And right. I'm the only unprofessional person up there, and. Um, I went up there and I did, I stumbled a little bit on my speech. You know, I practiced my speech, you know, constantly on the plane, on, you know, in my room, in the limo and everything. And, um, you know, I, 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 I had that Brooklyn accent and everyone says, uh, they, my sister-in-law didn't even recognize me. She said, who is that accepting the award for Kiss? And my mother-in-law said, that's your sister, that's Lydia, you nut. Because I had my hair curly. I, I normally don't do it, but I did it like all curls. Okay. And, um... And Goldie Hawn gave me the award. Oh, wow. And we were both wearing almost the same dress. She even said to me, she goes, nice dress. I had it on in black. She had it on in silver. Oh, okay. At least there's a yeah. difference yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. And then Farrah had it almost the same dress on in white. I actually almost bought Farrah's dress, uh, but they only had it in blue. And I, did, I wanted either black or silver because of right. the kiss, kiss colors. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That so. is uh, it's pretty heavy. I mean, that's, that's pretty heavy stuff. Um, yeah, Gene approved, by the way. <laughs> did he have yeah. to approve? Did well, he have to approve? Well, Peter asked him, how do you think she did? And he said, I think she did very good. You know, especially for someone that's... I mean, I, I'm, I, I have a lot more confidence now in front of fans and everything. I mean, I do Q&As all the time. Mm-hmm. But, in, you know, for, for many years, I was a nervous wreck, you know, even right. just the thought of doing the Q&A. You, you've mentioned Gene a few times. And I mean, aside from Peter, was he one of the ones in the band that you kind of got along with the most, or like how how were your relationships? You know, I got with along with three? every single one of them in different ways. 
Um, Ace is just, I'm still friends with Ace to this day. You know, he's a character. He just invited me out to his place in San Diego. Uh, he said, you'd love it. We're five minutes from the zoo, five minutes from the airport. <laughs> he's like, and um, Ace was always a friend because he lived in my neighborhood for a while. You know, where I live now, he lived about two blocks from me. So he was always at my apartment with his girlfriend with he used to go bicycle riding with my second husband and you know that so I've been I've been pretty close with Ace and I'm, I'm still friends with Jeanette you know I haven't seen him in a while but she's out on the coast also but you know I was always good friends with Jeanette as far as Gene I always respected Gene and I used to like talking to Gene because he was interesting you know he would um he was up uh, most of the time you talk about money but he was interesting <laughs> <laughs> and Paul, Paul is just a character. You just laugh. I mean, he's like Ace. You, you know, there's always, he's got a very quick wit See, with Paul. To me, out of all of the, the guys, um, Paul is the most mysterious one. Well, Paul is now, I think, the most mysterious one. Actually, Pete is pretty mysterious. But Peter but, just wrote that book. Oh, oh, yeah. And Paul's the only one of the he's four. Come, Paul's writing one, I heard. He is? He is, yes. Paul's writing a book. That will be the most yep. interesting of the yep. four, I think. And you want to know something? I bet you that one will be the most accurate, too, other than mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, because I think with Gene, there's a tendency of the big overshadowing ego. and the, Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. And probably Paul's got, but there's something about Paul that's like... Pretty yeah. no nonsense. If, yeah, well, if I Paul, can gather Paul, it right. I would, we would, we would. I mean, we used to go on vacations together. You know, the four of us, his, him and a girl friend right. at the time, me and Peter, and um, you know, he was always the one that you would talk about, like interesting things, like you know, like diets and clothing, and he's so in shape though for yeah. his age. And, oh yeah, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, yeah, he works out. You could tell it was yeah. all throughout. He always kept it up. Yep. Um, I brought it up. Um, and I don't want to get too into it with you, but have you read Peter's book? Yes, I have. I have read Peter's book. Um, I didn't read all of it, but I read most of it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, if you if you want my opinion, a yeah. lot of it's lies, exaggerations, and um, I think Peter's. I mean, I'm not sure what happened after I was gone. Sure. You know, that's between them and as far as the money goes, the girls were never allowed at the meetings. So we, I mean, I'm a bookkeeper, so I should have been, you know, right. on top of all that. Um, I wasn't allowed at the meetings. So uh, I think they, they were intimidated by, by my right. knowledge. But um, as far as certain things that Peter said, I, I don't believe him and I know he's lying. I know he's exaggerating. I mean, I know he says he cheated on me and I'm sure he did. And I even told him, I says, I know you, you're cheating on me, but... Just don't take it to breakfast with you. You know, like, do what you got to do, but don't flaunt her in front of everybody. And then basically Debbie's the one that he did flaunt in front of everybody. And that's the one I, you know, that's who I lost him to. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of understood that it was you know, like the one time in his life that he was going to be, you know, exposed to all this, you know, crazy rock and roll world. And... Um, you know, I kind of understood. I wasn't happy about it, but I, I put up with it. And, um, you know, I mean, I found, I've caught him. In, you know, there's stories in the book. I caught him with, you know, with other girls. And he's admitted to it since. And um, But, you know, the thing is, when you love someone, you stay with them and you try to work it out. You know, a lot of guys say, oh, she stayed with him because of the money. You know, the first time he hit her, she should have left. And I'm, I'm saying, the first time he hit me, he, had, he didn't have a penny. So it wasn't for the money. I didn't stay with him because of the money. 
and and I, I also spent a lot of years of my life writing this book so it's not that you know I, I mean you can't say that it, I mean I, I'm, I'm, I'm living off of his fame because this is what a lot of I do read that guys do say this and you can't say that because you know I worked three years of my life I should I deserve something it's not like I'm making a big fortune on this book I'm you know it's just you know um it's a salary that basically but um you know what about other book writers that don't know kiss the people that write books about kiss that's what upsets me more absolutely i mean i i believe that what what's messed up him with the band and what messed up him with my our marriage was drugs it it, that is the one truth that you know i'm not saying i'm an angel i'm not saying that i didn't do him at the time but that was the 70s and i don't do him now and i you know basically i hardly even drink i drink wine now that's my only drink and um you know in those days it was it was crazy you would start drinking before you went out you would drink while you were out you would drink after you'd come home i mean it was it was absolutely and you do the drugs in between it all which makes Gene Simmons even that much more of an oddity during that era. Well, Gene and Paul. Paul drank a little. Okay. Paul drank a little, but he, not a lot. Not I've as, never seen. Right. The only time I actually did see Paul a little drunk was during the Hotter Than Hell photo session. That is that that those stories have actually made the rounds. Yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, but see, Peter talks about that photo session, and he's lying. I was there. Ace did not get. Um, oral sex. Well, I mean, I was there. He said, I think he said either Ace or he did. I'm not sure which one he said got it, but I mean, there's no way. He, 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 he makes, he, he takes a story, like the story that he tells, he's been telling for years, the first time he ever spoke to Gene. Over the phone. Over the phone in my, our apartment. Right. His mother and father were there putting up wallpaper, and his brother was there. He told them, and it was me and him. That was at five of us. He told everyone we were having a party. A party? No. We were not having and a party. And then he asked everyone at the party, Does, do you have long hair? Do I have long hair? Do I look cool? Well, or he whatever? did do that. Okay. He did do that, but me and his brother were the, were the party. <laughs> we go, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I, man, that's amazing. He says, do I dress good? Of course, yeah, of course you do, you know. <laughs> One thing I got to say, Peter does did dress, you know, like better. I think he was the best dresser in the band. You know, really? he was very unusual, a very unusual dresser. But, uh, you know, there were times Paul tried to copy a lot of his stuff. And um, Peter would get so mad at him, you know, it was like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can only imagine how it was for you to read that book. Well, you know what it is? It's so weird because he, he says things like, I have three brothers. He knows I have four brothers. Why would he be, you know, I mean, how could he not remember that? Um, You know, he says things that I know he's trying to get even with me for maybe some of the things in my book. Some of the things that whenever he talks good about me, it's because I talked good about him. Now, has he, what was his reaction on Sealed with a Kiss? I asked him. I said, did you see my book? And I I hadn't seen Peter in 15 years. And I saw him at Bill Coyne's memorial. Right. And I asked him, I said, did you see my book? And he goes, Yeah. But that's all he said. He does mention, he makes reference to this book in his book. Yeah, I know. And he says, I stole his photos. I don't understand what he's talking about. Those are your photos from your camera, right? Yeah. Well, most of them. I mean, they're they're maybe, maybe 2%, uh, maybe, maybe not even 2%, maybe 1% of his that, you know, that. Or were yours together. Well, they were ours. Ours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, but most of the photos, you know, I mean, other than the ones that I'm in. And some of them that I am in, I did take. You know, I took with a with a 
a tripod and, a, you know, an automatic flash thing. But, um, you know, the, there's a lot of photos in there. And there's, a, you know, I, I mean, for him to say that I stole his photos, that's, you know, that's, you know, terrible. Well, Lydia. He says in the book that he gave me whatever he didn't want. Right. I, I do remember reading that. Because mm -hmm, so, he felt sorry for me. There's a bit of a contradiction there. Yeah. Um, but anybody who wants to see these photos, um, I I strongly urge everybody to to uh, go to lydiachris.com. That's L-Y-D-I-A-C-R-I-S-S.com. And uh, put in an order for the second printing is out now. I had to wait and wait till she was ready w with the second printing. I have it now. And it's sealed with a kiss. It is... It's pretty heavy. It's it's a five pounder, and you mail them out yourself, right? And I, d I didn't at the beginning. At the beginning, I, I had a company working. I was working with a company, and um, then eventually, once it started slowing down, I was able to do it myself. And I also have my boyfriend, my current boyfriend's sister, owns a book company out in Long Island, and she was selling a lot through Amazon. Okay, so well, she would send them out. The Amazon oh, I ones, I send out. You know, I mean, unless they have to be signed, then right. they have to go through me. Well, I mean, it's it's back up and running. You can also get this as an ebook as well, Yes, right? yes. Yeah, on my website. Right. Yeah. But um, I would suggest everybody buy the book. Um, and it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very heavy, so make sure that your mailbox is close to your well, house. This also has 16 extra pages. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, excellent. And, and about 22 additional photos in the back. Go to LydiaChris.com. Um, this has been amazing. Uh, this is the real, for me, a real New York experience. I've been to New York two dozen times, and this is by far the greatest <laughs> moment <laughs> in all the times I've been in New York. Uh, thanks, Lydia, for being on the podcast. It oh, is, you're welcome. It's been um, it's thrilling. Pleasure. Thrilling. Oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> if I hear you calling but I can't come home right now Me and the boys are playing And we just can't find the sound Just a few more hours